I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Another blanking. The Leafs do it to the Oilers again. 3-0 the final tonight at Rogers Place. It is Michael Hutchinson with 30 saves. The Leafs do all their scoring in the first period. Hyman, Nylander, and Riley. The Oilers shut out in back-to-back games for the first time since October of 2019. October 20th and October 22nd, to be exact, they lost to Winnipeg and Minnesota. Remember, that was when they had a hot start to the previous regular season and then got shut out a couple times, and now they get shut out a couple times after enjoying a pretty uh, hot stretch in this regular season. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Miko Koskinen started the game. He was beaten on his first two shots against. He allowed another one late in the third three goals on 10 shots Mike Smith came in the rest of the way made 13 saves six or seven of them excellent but the Oilers just cannot get the puck into the Leafs net they certainly had more chances and more zone time than they did on Saturday but they get shut out again another thing to watch for is Alex Chason at the end of the game so at the 20 minute mark of the third period was assessed a five minute major for cross checking and a game misconduct he was tangled up with Jimmy VC. I didn't see the play. I was watching the puck at, at, at the other end. I've yet to see any video of it, Rob. We, we were all asking here, our broadcast crew, we, di- we didn't see it. But obviously, uh, 5 and a 10, especially at the end of the game, is uh, is serious. That, that could be looked at by the league. Well, it will be looked at, and then they'll decide if there's going to be more uh, discipline coming. Um, yeah, that's a tough one because the puck was as far away as it could possibly be. It was completely behind the play in the far, and that's why none of us saw it because we were looking where the puck was. Uh, they, the league's going to look at it, and I, honestly, there's not a whole lot we can say about it because none of us saw it, but uh, when a, a referee gives a five in a game with no time left in a hockey game, he feels and deems it uh, unnecessary and and on the side of vicious and i guess we'll wait and see when the video comes out what happens yeah so that's another storyline to watch for here as these teams are going to play again on wednesday night the leafs now lead the season series four wins to two they love coming to edmonton they were four and oh at rogers place coming into this season with one visit per year they're here five times this year they're three oh and one they have yet to been they have not lost in regulation time in this building they're they're playing good hockey um the the one thing that we we talked about with the, the northern division it's a strong offensive division they, they score a lot of goals but what we saw here in the last couple of nights is the toronto maple leafs are able to play a different kind of game they, they're without their number one goalie in game one they're without their top player in both games uh they played smart hockey they got the lead and then they shut it down they they took both leon and connor out of the game um we haven't seen that happen 
ever <laughs> when as a broadcaster here in Edmonton and they just did it smart they 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 weren't overly physical on the players but they just made it hard on them every time Connor had the puck in the offensive zone he had the defenseman on him and he had a forward coming and they were very good at their sticks getting sticks just trying to hit the puck whack the stick whack the puck not take penalties and were very good at it they took uh, Connor's strength which is taking the puck from end to end they took that out of out of place and because they just wouldn't let Connor get the puck with speed. Uh, Leon on the same thing. Uh, every time Leon had the puck, there were two guys coming at him. So uh, they it was a smart, smartly played hockey. I and mean, we're also seeing uh, the back end of Toronto. They've got some pretty good players. Riley is good. He's a very good hockey player. And they added Brody from the Calgary Flames, Muzzin another veteran player that understands the game and knows how to play and play it well. Dermot, who is a guy that never really found his footing here in Toronto yet. Now he's getting his chance, and he was excellent tonight. Yeah, Hall's good. Hall's good. Um, it, it is, it's a good team that doesn't give you a whole lot. And then up front, without Austin Matthews, they relied on you know Marner and Tavares to, to go out there and try to go head-to-head against Connor and did a very good job of it. So they are a, a good hockey club. They've got depth in net, and that's the one thing that we saw early in the season with the Oilers. When they had their uh, Smith go down, they didn't have that third goalie that could come up and play. Well, Hutchinson has played in the National Hockey League. The Oilers went out and got Stalick. Well, now this is why, that if you have injuries, you have someone else you can trust to win your hockey game. And Hutchinson was excellent tonight. That was a well goaltended game by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, they are the elite thus far in the Northern Division, and they are something that the Edmonton Oilers have got to go out and strive to be as good as. And they got, again, two nights from now, they get a chance to do it again. And the effort, though, from the Oilers has got to be a little bit better. they got to be crisper because the Toronto Maple Leafs played two crisp hockey games. Yeah, they were they were very good. And e- even when the, and the Oilers did have more zone time mm-hmm. tonight, but a lot, not a lot of clean chances. Nope. And you can do, you always say it, Rob, protect the house. If you're in trouble, if you're getting hemmed in, at least protect the house. Keep the puck to the outside. And if you're good, if there's going to be a shot from the slot, then the player's going to have a stick on stick or a little slash to the wrist or beginning a bump while he shoots. And that's what I noticed in the third period because the Oilers did have extended zone time, but there was rarely a, a clean look. I, I mean, the, the, the Oilers, and now obviously the Leafs have a different attitude in the third, up well, three. Yeah. But the best scoring chances in the third were Toronto's, mm-hmm. even though the Oilers had the puck well, more. Well, the, the Leafs were playing a prevent they they would get the puck out and they wouldn't forecheck they get a quick change they get five fresh guys on the ice and they'd let the oilers bring it in and then they just attack them in the defensive zone uh they kept them to the outside the oilers weren't getting good looks from the slot there are a lot of shots from the outside a lot of shots from the defenseman uh and, and mainly wrist shots from the defenseman because they Leafs did a good job of getting in shooting lanes, which means the defensemen have to move a couple steps, and now you're taking wrist shots on net. And then they boxed out. There's some big defensemen on the back end for for the Leafs. So when they want to box you out, they're capable of doing it. And then when you're behind, as the Oilers are, you have to take some chances. And when they took chances, that's when the Leafs would counter-strike. And they'd throw a puck out, and it would turn into a two-on-one or an odd man break. And that's when Mike Smith came up with some big saves. The Leafs' depth... Like, they got a Hyman who played today on their third line. I mean, that guy's good. <laughs> like, he's fast. He creates. Uh, 
with Kerfoot, who normally will be your third-line player when, when they're healthy, and Austin Matthews in the lineup. Again, another quality player that can make plays. Uh, he's a pest out there. They skate well. The kid that you talk about, 65, how do you say his name again? Oh, Ilya McKayef. I, he was excellent again tonight. I mean, poor kid's going to have nightmares of Mike Smith coming at him. He had nothing to do with Mike Smith getting hit. That was Hyman that hit him. Well, Smith is looking at that oh. point to fire up his team. He, oh, he's sure. he oh, I have nothing as what Mike Smith did, but he I, he got the wrong guy, and that poor kid's like, hey, hey, that wasn't me. Come on, leave me alone. But that's Toronto is deep, and they've got – so tonight they've got two top six players out of their lineup. Austin Matthews is, Matthews is out, and so is Wayne Simmons. They got two top six players out. They're missing their top two goalies, yet they've got guys that are able to fill in. So uh, it was uh, a clinic the way they played, a smart game, understanding that they couldn't go run and gun because they didn't have their top goal scorer, and they just frustrated the other star players. And uh, the others have got to find a way to create more with their top players next game. And this is the first time that I'm going to actually say it. I do believe next game the top two lines will be changed. Uh, I, I don't know how they're going to change. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to have to look for a spark somewhere. So I think Dave Tippett, next game, you'll see uh, two completely different lines up front. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. 3-0 Toronto wins tonight over the Edmonton Oilers. So besides, you know, changing the lines or, or changing the lineup itself, and they, they might be forced to do that if there's supplemental discipline for Alex Chason. If, if you're just joining us, Chason got a uh, five-minute cross-checking major and a game misconduct right at the end of the game, which is generally frowned upon. Hmm tactically or or you know system wise what can the order because now they've seen for two games what the Leafs are doing yep. I mean the coaches aren't stupid the players aren't stupid I'm sure they had a plan tonight that perhaps they weren't able to execute uh, as well as they wanted or didn't finish chances as well as they wanted well, oh, let's go uh, first of all courtesy mattress superstore here's Dave Tippett Rob Chichkowski post media uh, hi, Dave. This is uh, a, a team that prides itself on being able to score with anybody. Uh, what happened to the offense? How do you explain being shut out in back-to-back -back games by uh, a couple of backup goalies? Well, we're in a little rut. Team's getting a little rut. Seems like uh, nothing you're shooting's going in the net. Even, you know, point shots, deflections, you can usually find one or two of those in a few games, but uh, not going in for us right now. You were 2-2 two and two with Toronto heading into this series, and mm -hmm. did, have they pulled away a little bit since the last time you met them? Uh, we just, we, uh, you know, we just, our group seems like in a little little rut right now. We just, there's not a lot of juice in our group right now, and uh, that happens during times of the season where you're just down on some energy, down on some emotion, and uh, unfortunately it's coming in a, in a tough time for us right now when we're, uh, this should be a big game, a big series in Toronto, and we just haven't played very well. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. This is a defensive uh, opponent uh, that you, I don't think you've seen this level of team defense this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, is this a new level? Is this a, a something that you guys have to look at and say, this is what we got to get through if we're going to get somewhere here? Well, we've known this all along. It's not your every team. You got to you got to play strong defense. Both the, both these two games were down two nothing early in the game, and you're you're uh, that allows any team to play strong defense. You know, and they're, uh, when you when you're trailing a game like that, two game two game two games in a row, we're down. You know, first two shots of the game, we're down two nothing tonight, and you're chasing the game. So you uh, allows the other team to play strong defense and. 
we uh, we chased it the rest of the way. Uh, Koskinen, obviously, weren't happy with his play. Uh, it's just maybe some thoughts on what that does for your team. Well, no, both guys will play well again. It just we're looking for a change of momentum there, and uh, you know, you just you just. There's not. You can tell when your players. You can see your players are out there. They're they're trying, but nothing's happening, and that's frustrating. So you're just trying to tweak things and try to find any kind of juice you can anywhere. And we thought the change in the goal between periods was uh, take a shot at that. So you, you know, you just there's times when your team's just in a rut. And you, if it was just one or two guys in a rut, but you see our whole group is just there's not a lot of. Uh, not a lot of juice in us right now, so we'll have a, we'll have a good practice tomorrow, and we got to start building back up again. Derek Fandis, Post Media. Hey Dave, you had 31 shots today. Is it, is it just as easy to say that they got the saves and you guys didn't tonight? No, no, no. It's just it, we got we got you know some work to do on our game. We just don't have enough. There's not enough plays getting made. Not enough good plays that are getting made. Not enough uh, sustained stuff. So. There's just there's just parts of our game that are uh, not where they need to be right now, and we've got to start building them up again. Thanks, Dave. Brian Rashog, TSN. Power play got a few looks tonight, Dave. What do you see? Is it kind of more similar to what you're seeing five on five? Exactly. Yeah. That's a good indicator of it right there. When the power play is the same, usually that gives us energy. We're not getting much energy off that right now either. So, so it's kind of. Typical of where our game's at right now. It's just—it's just like our five-on-five game. We have to—we have to, you know. Just there's—you got to start building it up again, and that's what we aim to do. Sorry to interrupt you there. Um, just in the defensive zone, you know, we're talking a lot about not producing offense. But what are you seeing in your own end? Uh, you know, is it—is it close to where it needed to be the last couple of games? Wow, there's breakdowns in your own end. You're chasing the game. You know, there's there's a lot of things in our game that's not where it needs to be, and we'll continue to work on it. Well, I haven't been as good as we need to be the last couple of games, and we'll get better. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Dave, when, when you talk about your creating offense of chances, uh, Darnell said he feels like, you know, getting pucks on that, but then guys got to be harder when they're there. Mm-hmm. Does your battle level need to be higher in the scoring areas, or do you need to be better at creating chances? Uh, there's, there's, they go hand in hand, both those things. So you got to create some hard chances. If you're not getting much off the power play, not getting much off the rush, you got to create some hard chances. And that comes down to winning battles in the end zone and winning battles in net front. And it comes down to D getting shots through getting their head up and get a shot through and hitting the net. We had, I think we had two or three tonight that sailed over the net. And, you know, those, those pucks have to get around the net. You have to give yourself as many chances as you can. When you're not sharp, you're not giving yourself those chances. And that's where we are right now. And you mentioned sometimes it's just a feel. You switch the goal. You have to try to get momentum. You switch yeah. your lines up in the third. Um, a lot of fans are wondering, you know, the dry settle Nugent Hopkins Yamamoto. Uh, why wouldn't mm-hmm. try that combo? Like they were red hot last year. Is that a combo you think about trying again? Uh, we think about all the combos every day. Any other questions, media? Thank you. This concludes tonight's media. Yeah. All right, that's Dave Tippett, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Oilers lose 3-0 to the Maple Leafs. Uh, Tippett, 
relatively subdued there I, I i thought uh i mean he's definitely saying that they're they're not clicking they don't have some things going and obviously deflecting the question at the end about uh, the line combinations as he's done along the way okay rob so to kind of tie it together what he said and what i was asking you before we threw the tip there you know tactically or structure wise system wise what could the oilers do to break down what the leafs are doing well the leafs are taking away the neutral zone they're taking away their star players. The, the Oilers like having Connor or Leon pick up speed and then hit him at the, the the defensive blue line or the Oilers blue line in with in stride. And now all of a sudden, the the defensemen are, are, are kind of backpedaling. They got this guy coming full speed with the puck on his stick with time and space. Well, the Leafs aren't letting that happen. As soon as there's a turnover in the offensive zone, one guy is looking to find where Connor or Leon is, and then they're skating towards him and getting in the passing lane for uh, the only times that we saw connor create things tonight offensively uh was when he went deep in his own zone and got the puck and carried it that way and two or three times he got it and went was flying down the down the zone and and created some scoring chances so i think defense or the oilers have got to come down deeper they got to get their star players the puck earlier um and then I, I think they do need a jolt. I think they do need a spark, and that's when you tra change the lines up because anybody that moves on to play with Leon or anyone that moves on to play with Connor, they're going to have extra jump because they're getting to play with one of the two best players in the National Hockey League. So I would expect that'll be a way that Dave Tippett uh, sends a message, say, all right, here, we're going to try some new lines tonight, see what you guys can do. I don't know what those lines are. I think that Dave Tippett is usually gone unconventional and gone against what everyone else is guessing but the one thing you, in that speech with with Tippett he, he's not too low and I think that's the biggest thing if I know for an Oiler fan there's a lot of people that are really sad tonight <laughs> this big series coming up Toronto just beat them in quite handily back-to-back -back games but as a coaching staff and as a dressing room you can't let that affect you it's like you know right, let's get back out we win the next game and, and go from there so don't get too high don't get too low stay nice even keel and over the course of the season it all we all evens out all right, 3 nothing. Toronto takes it. You can get us on the Certainteed hotline, 780-496-0063. Certainteed, professional-grade building materials, pro all the way. We're looking for someone to finish the play. You're also going to hear from the Nuge and Nurse. All ahead, Heartland Ford, overtime open line. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. 11 o'clock, Oilers lose to the Maple Leafs. 3-0 is the final. So Edmonton's record now 14-10. They've lost two straight. Toronto, they are rolling 17-4-2 on the season, including 9-1-1 on the road. The Oilers' home record, by the way, now uh, below 500. They dropped to 6-7 and seven here at Rogers Place. 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us. Randy writes in. He says, I admit that Toronto is very good. I notice the Leafs really attack in the offensive zone. They always take the puck to the net. They're quick to get it to the net. The Oilers seem to slow down once they enter the offensive zone. No drive to the net, trying to make the perfect pass instead of getting pucks to the net. That is from Randy. Cool. True. Uh, Toronto's a very aggressive team. We saw all <laughs> very aggressive. We saw at the end where they Hyman drives the net and knocks the, the helmet off of Smith. Toronto's got some very, very fast players that are guys that are lower down in the lineup, like a Hyman. Uh, um, the, the players that when they get the puck, they just take it and drive. And it doesn't always 
create a goal, but it creates a scoring chance and creates havoc, in which all of a sudden, whenever you get havoc or or um, confusion in the the offensive end, good things happen. As the defensemen now are running around, there's a rebound, there's a play, now you get extended time. So, yeah, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs were much better, much better over the last six periods of getting to the net than the Edmonton Oilers were. All right, on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063, we have Steve standing by. Steve, go ahead. Guys, I've got a comment and then a question for you. Okay. Comment is this. We uh, we don't want to become the team that every division is studying on how to shut down Connor and Leon. That's what's going to happen if this next game is a disaster. I can tell you with 100% certainty, every team in the league is already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's my comment. Now, now I want to ask a question. Now, um, it's difficult not to overreact tonight with the Swiss cheese goaltending, but I'm going to keep it calm. All right. So we get defeated by a third and fourth string goaltending uh, situation. So what is Toronto doing with Campbell and Hutchinson that the Edmonton Oilers are not doing with maybe Baker's field or different opportunities for an improvement in the goaltending, what can we be doing as a team with our with our uh, farm teams? Well, ha- hold on, office? Steve. Steve, I, 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 I don't. I hate to cut you off, but I'm going to stop that thought and don't don't hang up. Okay. Hutchinson, Hut, neither Hutchinson nor Campbell was drafted and came to the NHL through Toronto's farm system, so I don't well, think didn't. that's a direct comparison. Now. There are problems with the goaltenders that the Oilers have drafted and developed over the years. I don't remember if what I did on my show one night and me and Stoff one night, that Stuart Skinner uh, was the first goalie since Devin Dubnik, who was drafted by the Oilers and played a game for them. They went like between, they went something like 14 years between drafts, having a goalie that played for them. So now the, the other part of that is, that I think that because of the Koskinen contract, the Oilers have not been able to be in play for some of the organizational depth goaltenders like Campbell and Hutchinson who go to teams and are able to step in and help out. Now, they did get a guy named Anton Forsberg, who they lost. Mm-hmm. We'll see if Alex Stalock can be that guy who might be able to give them spot starts and play well. So I think what the Oilers have done wrong with the goaltending isn't necessarily a Bakersfield problem. I do think it's been a drafting problem. Mm -hmm. But I think if you want to talk about the two guys that played for the Leafs the last two nights, they haven't been able to find guys with NHL experience and say, we know you're not good enough to be the starter, but we know you're good enough to play in an emergency if we need you. That's what I think the difference. Let let, let Steve respond that. Well, that Campbell also could be a starter. And he might end up being a starter well, he was here in a, Toronto. He was much ballyhooed earlier yes. in his career. He's yes. never really risen to that level. So that that's so, Steve. I'll let you respond, but that's how I how I look at that and how I would frame what you're saying. Okay, well, that's intelligent and rational. So I appreciate the feedback. But what about this? What if we, because of the inconsistency, we ditch the Koskinen contract? You however, you want to do that. Yeah, yeah, but you and can't. Then we bring somebody up who can learn from Smith before he's gone. Well, first of all, what we have in the minors isn't good enough to play in the National Hockey League. 
Okay. It's, it's just it's just not. We we saw that uh, in, in Skinner's one game here. Um, he, he's not ready for the National Hockey League. He needs to play in the minors. Might be a couple of years down in the minors, and then you'll find out if he's capable of playing. Koskinen's contract, I mean, I don't think that contract's going anywhere. So, Fair enough. So these are the two goalies you have. I do believe that bringing in Stalik, is am I pronouncing it right? Stay, stay lock. Stay lock. I think that was a good move by the Oilers. This guy was the starting goalie for the Minnesota Wild last year. And through, through injury and, and illness is the only reason that he wasn't either 1A or 1B this year with Minnesota. Someone came out while he was injured and sick and took his spot. He's good. He can play at this level. So the Oilers now do have three goalies, and they're in a much better position than they were a few days ago. Yeah, we appreciate Thank it, you, Steve. Gentlemen. Good call. Yep, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. And you know, somebody just wrote in and said, in a normal year, Stalock probably wouldn't have been waived. Nope. Oh, fair, for sure. Fair not. point. Yep. Um, Will the, the same texture also said Koskinen might be put on waivers. I don't know about that. I mean, he probably wouldn't get claimed. No. Because of the contract. Um, but I think. I think Ken Holland reached the point where he wanted to have three goalies with NHL experience, perhaps all on the active roster. You could have three goaltenders taking up three spots on the 23-man roster. And it looks like that's what he's going I, to I, do. I would think that's what he's going to do. Because I still... I, 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 I mean, I understand the criticism of Koskinen because I've made a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating to see this because his last two starts were, were good. F- very good. I mean, I know they pounded Calgary, but he only let in one goal. Mm-hmm. And the game he played in Ottawa, he was the, Oilers the, wrote, the Oilers wrote shot 30-10 to 10 in the last two periods. Like, they, that actually might have been their worst game out of I, the 11-2 and two run or whatever. So, but but I still, I forgot what I, where I was going now. It's getting late early, but... <laughs> but I still don't know if you want to still risk exposing him to waivers. Even, well, though he was, uh, even though it's unlikely he would be taken, you'd still sooner have the three guys than the two. Well, if you put him on waivers, that's it'd be, you're creating the same problem that you're trying to avoid is is by not having three quality goaltenders in case you have an injury. So you're not, you're not going to put him on waivers. You're going to hold on to three. And again, he, tonight he let one bad goal in. The backhand goal he probably should have had. But he was the last two games he was good. He's had good starts this year. Um, I, I, this and this game tonight is not on Miko Koskinen. Well, no, it no. Is, I mean, that, but you'd like. But it doesn't. It's but yeah, not, they did score. They, score. they haven't scored in two games. This is not not on goaltending. The last two games, they haven't created zero offense. You don't win games zero zero in the National Hockey League. So uh, I know that there's people that don't like the goal, the backhand goal by Nylander. But it, it, it's when you don't score any goals, you don't win hockey games. This is more on the Oilers were outplayed. Probably in every aspect of the game. If you're going through, I know that the four games, they have the checklist, offense, defense, specialties, all that. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs probably got check marks beside every single thing. They were were better, some slightly better, some quite a bit better, but they were better in every aspect of a hockey game over the last six periods. 3-0 Toronto wins whenever the Oilers get to five or more in a game. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Japanese Village Restaurants thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. We have John on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, John. Um, Jack Campbell was supposed to be like a Vasilevsky first when he got drafted, but he never really turned into that. And I 
I would say he's probably a decent backup now at this point in his career. He's not a number one guy, and I don't see. And the Oilers don't really truly have. Uh, is Mike Smith a number one guy? Mm. He's played like it this year, but fair enough. Well, overall, overall, at this point in his career, he, he may a not. very good backup. Yeah, yeah. Well, his um, hot streaks. His hot streaks are still as good as anybody. Like yeah, they're very hot, too. but yeah, but he just, had a downtime last year too. Yeah, true enough. Well, he was, yeah, uh, true enough. Um, my question, I, I want to say, or my comment is, I want to say I think that Kyle Turris has a case of, like, Pat Elinuk or Jeff Friesenitis, <laughs> where a guy gets robbed, he gets to be, like, 29 or 30, and I don't know what happens to him. He just loses his, like, passion or his care or his, I don't know what, but I... He, Kyle Turris basically is a modern-day version of Pat Elinuk or Jeff Friesen. That's, that's, um, I can't, I, I've been doing this now for 15 years. I'd never heard of Pat Elinuk reference on one of these shows. <laughs> I played junior against Patty Elnick. I, I remember him well. That's kind of funny. Um, I, for, for Kyle Turris, the, the, the problem that he has is in... I, in my career, I was an offensive hockey player. Eventually, at the end of my career, I had to become a defensive player. I was put in a different role. And it's, it's hard thinking defensively because you've never had to. Uh, offensive players uh, anticipate, cheat. They think offense first. They make the, every decision they normally make is how to create offense. It's not always how do I play defense better. And when you're put in that role, you have to, your whole mindset changes, the whole way you play the game. Some players are able to do it. Some it takes a little bit longer. I hope he finds his game. I do. I, the Oilers got was got two year contract, doesn't he? Yep. They, I mean, yeah. they are what the the Oilers could, are desperate for a player like him to come in and, and and play the way that they hope he's capable of playing. But yeah, you're right. The, I, I, I this. I don't know if it's the step. I don't know if the game's a little quicker now. But we haven't seen the Kyle Tourist that we've seen in the past, especially when he was in Ottawa and what he's capable of doing. They haven't seen that yet, and that's what they're desperate to get. Yeah, he, he's going to finish his career in Seattle probably. Um, Rob, I want to ask you a question about the per diem. When you get your per diem money, Rob, do they give it to you all at once when you're going on the road, or do you get it every day, or and yeah. who gives it to the players? Well, I don't know how it is nowadays. I know that when I played, you get an envelope um, with cash in it. At the beginning of a road trip, the, it'll either sometimes it'll be in your stall, in your your dressing room just before you get go to go to the airport sometimes they hand it out on the air on the airplane but it was always for us it was a, an envelope with cash in it and i some teams they would take out if the pregame meals they would take out so you get a certain amount each day but on the trip you had four hockey games so they take out whatever the pregame meal costs and they take that money out and then they just give you the rest. So you'd get a, uh, the bulk. You wouldn't get a daily envelope. No, you'd always get it all at once at the very beginning of a road trip. And, okay, thanks, guys. And some guys never made it through the road trip or even off the airplane because they would gamble at playing cards, and then they would have to starve the entire trip. I, I, I've never told this story on air before. I'll, I'll tell it tonight. Uh, the, the casino here that is no longer here, that used to be right by Rogers Place, the Baccarat. Just, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The one yeah. that got torn yep. down. No, not the one in the building. I was like, they got rid of that no, one? No, not the, the new one. Well, I don't know if you can go to that one, but the one that was torn down on the corner of, uh, what, 101st and 104th. So, uh, and I, I, like, I, I don't go a, a lot, but a couple times a year I might, mm -hmm. I, I like going to play something. So I, w I was there. I was at the crafts table, and... This was this was before you and me were doing this, and uh, Patrick Marlowe came in with a with a buddy, because mm -hmm. I think it was the day before the Sharks were playing here, and 
he puts down $400 on the table, gets his chips, bets. They do, and he was just betting where you bet on a single yeah. number or a group of numbers. Roll comes down. He loses, puts down another $200. Same bet. Person rolls, nothing. Takes out another $100, puts it down. Roll comes down, loses, walks away. He lost $700 in probably 90 seconds. Yeah, I've played with guys that have lost a lot more than that a lot quicker. Uh, I just got a uh, text from Stoff. He says the players get full amount on the plane. So that's what they do. So, yeah, so you always get full amount. It's always in cash. And uh, you always like when you're living what in the What does States. Bob get? He didn't text you that. Uh more than well he gets extra i don't know if uh, i've heard he and connor get a little bit more than everyone else stoffer and mcdavid um but we used to like coming to canada because you always got paid in american money so when you came to canada it was like oh my god you got like 10 times what use you get because you get to use the to get the exchange rate but it was always fun getting the per diem you used to like that especially on a long road trip all of a sudden the envelopes were a little bit thicker uh, the envelope was empty tonight for the Oilers. Oh, nice. 3 nothing. The Maple Leafs win it. We'll get to more of your phone calls. Rocket is up next. We're looking for someone to finish the play. 780-496-0063. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Let's check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers? Head to edmontontrailer.com. Sharks ring up the Avalanche 6-2. Senators down the Flames 5-1. Hurricanes over the Panthers 3-2 in overtime. The Canucks shut out the Jets 4-0. Demko with the clean sheet. Golden Knights outscore the Wild 5-4 in overtime. Pacioretty, the game winner. He had two tonight. Now is 10 on the season. Blues over the Ducks 5-4, and of course, right here at Rogers Place, Toronto 3, Edmonton nothing. The three stars tonight, as you would expect, all from Toronto, Hutchinson, Riley, and Nylander. We have the fourth star of the game, courtesy Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual, your hockey destination. Make your reservation at mrmikes.ca. I think we'll go with Mike Smith tonight. Very good choice. How In that Vegas game, too, I don't know if you noticed that Mark Stone, 5-4 victory. Five assists, Mark Stone tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. All right, we'll go to Rocket on the Certainteed Hotline. Go ahead, Rocket. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Thanks for taking my call again. Um, I I look at the first two shots, two goals. That was concerning right off the bat. I, I, at one point, it was like five shots. Edmonton won Toronto. It was seven and, one at one point. Yep. <laughs> seven one at one point. Okay. So, um, you know, at what point does a coach, you, you, you talked about a, a lot tonight about how Toronto was able to nullify McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, uh, you know, I always try to do this as a coach. I coach senior C lacrosse and minor box, and I've always tried to do the same thing. And that's take away their best players, too. 
I don't think we did a good job of taking their best players away like they did taking our best players away. So who's missing and what do we need to do to get better against Toronto? Because it's a game of inches, right? I mean, both games were 4 nothing, 3 nothing, but to me they were a lot closer. So what do we need to do to narrow the gap? Okay, thanks, Rocket. Well, a few things. A, a, bigger, a big save at the right moment. Um, early in both games, uh, both teams had quality chances, and uh, Toronto capitalized on theirs, and the Oilers didn't. You can go the other way and say Toronto got the big saves, and the Oilers didn't. And all of a sudden, when the Leafs got the lead, they are much harder to play against. And then all of you, as if you're pushing, if you're chasing, you you play a little different. You play a little looser. You sometimes uh, cheat a little bit because you got to try to create stuff. And when that happens, the other team's best players take advantage with the counter strike, with the counter punch. Now they come down because you just went all in with four players. Now their best players are coming back on a two on one. So the biggest thing when you're playing against Toronto, you got to get the lead because what we've seen over the last two games, when they get it, they shut you down. So how do you do that? You capitalize on your opportunities. And tonight, the Oilers came out as, as you were just saying, Rocket. They outshot the, the the Leafs seven two early, and they weren't seven from the outside. They had some quality looks early in the hockey game. Hutchinson gave them the saves. And then they come down, bang, bang, two shots, two goals. It's deflating for a team. When you're, you feel you're playing well and you look up at the scoreboard and you're down 2 nothing. So to me, this, this game, the Oilers' power play over the last two games hasn't been as sharp as it's been almost all season. Their goaltending has been, you know, okay. Smith was okay. Koskinen, not great, but then Smith steps in and it's fantastic. But Toronto's got good specialty teams and they've had great goaltending in the two games they've just been a bit better in just about every aspect of the game now it's not a time to panic if you're an oiler fan as i mean it's a long season and teams go through ebbs and flows but the oilers are seeing now what the elite in their division looks like and i think toronto has played as perfect a games as they can possibly play so now you know what you're going to have to beat if you want to move out of this division because toronto is a team someone's going to have to go through if yep. they want to go through the north yeah that's a really interesting thing this this year i mean the leafs like i said they're 17 4 and 2 so they're doing it over and over mm-hmm. and over again i did mention interesting they still have to play the jets nine yep. times we'll see how those we'll see how those go though i think the oilers and jets are very Similar, S- similar in, yep. in, in their level. Dilbert writes in. He says, it's frustrating how it took the Oilers 119 minutes to try to get under the Leafs' skin. The Oilers need to create their own energy if they want to avoid another shutout next game. I, I agree. But what I wa- when I watch when the Oilers tried to become a little more physical, get a little more abrasive, the Leafs were smart. They just turned away from it. I mean, they had the lead, so they didn't have to worry about it. They're a professional team. The Leafs got a lot of veteran players, and you're not going to intimidate yeah. a Tavares. You're not going to intimidate a Spezza, a Thornton, a Marner on the back end, uh, Brody and, and Muzzin. And, you're not, but you can play them harder, and you make it tougher for them to play. Uh, they do need to be a more abrasive team. The, the Oilers were their best when they came out and was on a penalty kill where they became aggressive, and they started running them and then just started taking the pucks to the net. Um, 
I would it, it, it's weird because we're in an empty stadium. Normally when an Archibald, I don't know how many hits tonight he had, but it seemed like every time he was out there he's running someone over. Normally when Archibald runs something, the whole crowd goes and that just the whole bench is lifted because of it. Archibald had six hits, thanks. I mean, tonight it would dry settle. Absolutely demolished a kid at center ice. That would have brought this place to its feet. I mean, and then you would feed off of that. So the physicality which usually leads to a lot of adrenaline push, a lot of a big rush uh, gets the team going. It doesn't have the same effect because when you th- <laughs> when you throw that big hit, you're waiting for the cheers and there's nothing. So you have to create your own energy. You have to create your own excitement. And when you're trailing and chasing, it's hard to do that. Yeah, that's that was a really interesting message from Dilbert because I I do agree you have to create your own energy. Mm-hmm. Getting under another team's skin, yeah, I mean that that. That can be hard to do. Uh, I mean, did Roussel try to get under the Oilers' skin? Yeah, did he accomplish yeah, did it? it no. Did it work? No. Not, not really. And and we talk about this a, a lot, Robin. I, and I said this when we talked, I can't remember if it was you and me or, or, or me and Bob, but even in, this is now for you and me, our eighth season together. And I know you've been doing, doing it 15 years. But even in the time it's been you and me, we get fewer and fewer comments every year about especially when the Oilers have a bad game like tonight or they had bad seasons. Well, why don't they stir something up at the end of the game? Why, why don't they go out and fight? Now, there was a fight late in this game, but if you notice what happened there, as soon as one fight starts, Everyone. everybody else stops because yeah. a second fight is an automatic game misconduct and late in the game, maybe more, yeah. right? So, I mean, Ch- Chason could very well get in big trouble for the for the major at the end of the game. So it's not... It's not like, you know, when you played or even into the 90s a little bit, then I think into this century it's been waning every year where, okay, six, seven minutes left, it's a four-goal difference, and every player's go down on the ice thinking like, okay, either i got to start something or i got to be ready for someone to come at me. Well, <laughs> it's when, still when, totally different. When I played at the end of my career, so I was uh, a third or fourth-line player, when I played in, in, in Pittsburgh and we were up by four goals, the last ten minutes of the game our star players didn't play. Uh, you just you just went back to back third line fourth line third line fourth line and we would go out and just get absolutely abused because that's the way it was if you were if you had a big lead on someone they someone had to send a message so you always sat your best players you don't see that anymore it just the the league is uh, with all the camera angles and the 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 league taking care of suspensions and fines and all that players it's not worth it so. It's, I mean, there's there still will be frustration and there, there still and will be. You saw frustration. You saw the thing is tonight. You saw the frustration out of the Oilers. Like yeah. the one shift, uh, Leon comes out and absolutely destroys a kid. Then they go back into their own end, and Connor threw a big hit and should have been a penalty. He had his arms up, went up, it was high. Then they come down to the other end, and then Connor goes to the net and cross checks the player in front of the net and takes a penalty. That's frustration, and I've been there, and I know what it's like when nothing's going right for you. I'm going to create energy and, and go out there and do something, uh, but. When you've got Connor McDavid in the penalty box, when you have twice Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the penalty box tonight, you're not going to win hockey games when your best players are sitting there. So the, the Oilers just, to, to me tonight, the game, it was a, a game where the Oilers fell behind again. And yeah. Toronto, uh, they just played uh, absolutely perfect hockey. And they got saves. I mean, tonight, Connor McDavid had the play, uh, it was in the third period, where he walked around the defense, but it was a nice play. Puck came off behind the boards, and he skated into it and walked around the defense and then walked around the goalie, Hutchinson, 
and it was a great save. We How many times do we see when Connor goes in that way, that's a goal. He yeah. fakes the goal, he goes around, sticks it in the far side. So the Oilers did have some great A scoring chances, but for two straight games, the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender have been better than the Oilers scorers. Yeah, and just to wrap up what you're saying, it, about the trying to get under a team's skin, Archibald and Dermott were given fighting majors. I don't know if Dermott never dropped his actually gloves. wanted to fight, and then he's mockingly clapping at Archibald to the to the runway, probably saying something along the lines of, "Hey, nice going, buddy. Too mm-hmm. bad you couldn't score in two straight games." You know, like well, that's he, that's yes. how they're thinking, as opposed to. He doesn't care that he didn't beat Josh Archibald's brains in. Well, he's, no. He's taken the f- four points out of four and no goals against. Well, the, well, I can tell you for, from experience that when you lose a fight, you lo- try to find some other way to make fun <laughs> of the guy that just beat you up. Um, uh, th- there was a little frustration in the Oilers game, and that was Archibald. He was looking to do something and try to create something, maybe a spark that'll help them in the next game. Mike Smith at the end, when his helmet came off, he went after the closest Toronto Maple Leaf at him, again, to try to create a spark uh the oilers were a little flat it I, but to, if the Oilers are going to win uh on wednesday they need to come out and they need to get a lead the Oilers, the, and i said it after the second period the toronto maple leafs have felt no stress in the two games here they've never trailed they've never uh, been under siege they've never been they haven't seen the Oilers' power play at its best where the Oilers, even when they don't score they get four or five six great scoring chances they haven't had to face that yet so they've they've played without their best player and without their number one goalie and then the second game without their number one and two goalies and they've not been under stress yet the Oilers have got to have a push and it's got to be early in the game on wednesday to see what toronto does under stress no team uh has has no faults. No, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs have faults in their game, but the Edmonton Oilers haven't exposed those yet because they haven't. The Toronto Maple Leafs haven't had to feel the stress of having to score a goal, having to make a play because they've always had the lead. All right, Leafs win it three nothing. You will hear from Darnell Nurse when we get back. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. Toronto wins over Edmonton. Looking for someone to finish the play. Just for playing, you're going to get a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Hungry Herd, Alberta owned and operated. 780-496-0063. You know we'll make it easy on you at this time of night. Let's go back downstairs. Here's Darnell Nurse. This, and that was before you guys, you know, really had it going, and then uh, all of a sudden they kind of pulled away. Is there? Can you maybe shed some light on just what they, uh, why they have a different look now than maybe they did before? Uh, they're they're playing well. They're a good team, and uh, it's, a, it's a tough challenge each and every night. And no, that's uh, it's a challenge. I think we're more than capable of uh, of taking care of. So we know we know we can be better. We know that uh, you know it, there's there's areas of our game. Uh, you know, being able to sustain some ozone time. If we take care of that, uh, we can get on the right side of this, and we just gotta, gotta keep our focus and, and stay up. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Darn, this uh, you know this was sort of viewed as a measuring stick game. The Leafs were at the top of the standings, and you guys were pushing hard. Uh, I mean, not scoring a goal through two games. Where's the concern level or the disappointment level about this result, considering you know what these games look like they meant? No, I don't think there's much. There's not, uh, we're not going to get ourselves down in this room. I think, uh, you know, the, the two games haven't gone how we, how we wanted them to go. Um, but 
I mean, you know, what, what are we going to do? Uh, kick ourselves while we're down and, and mope around for the next two days. We still have another game against them. So um, we, we got to just maintain our focus. We know we're a good team in here. We know we're capable of, uh, of winning hockey games against any team in this league. And that's, uh, that's the mindset we have to maintain. So maybe just drilling down on the offense and why it hasn't been there. You know, what do you think is lacking that on other nights is generate you guys some of that five on five offense? Well, like I said, they're checking real hard. Um, in front of the net, they're they're finding sticks, boxing out real well. They're, I mean, the goalies are making saves through traffic. The the last two games they made some some saves through traffic. Where you know on the other nights they they may be bouncing. So. Um, you know, we just gotta we just gotta keep doing uh, you know things things in the aspect of you know getting pucks in that would be a little bit harder um, when we get there. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. All right, now I, I would go so far as to say this is the best defensive team that you faced this year. This is a team that you know, they're playing the best they've played certainly, and you haven't seen this yet. Is this a, a measuring stick? Is this a good opportunity to say okay, you know, this is. The level we got to get to beat this team. Yeah, I think there's another level. Obviously, there's another level we have to get to because we haven't won the last two games. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, they're a good team, and uh, they come out, they play hard each and every night, and you know, we're a good team too. So that's uh, we have we have confidence in ourselves. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think you're, you know, I guess what I would say until you see the challenge in front of you, does it? Does it? You know, I'm kind of looking at it like maybe it's a good thing. Twenty-four games in the season to see exactly what it is you got to get to and now you got plenty of time to work on it is that too rosy in a outlook oh, i think we know the level that we need to to play at and we need to bring it each and every night but you know there's nice that you come out here and and, and the team isn't feeling uh you know, you're not snapping around. You, you lose a game. You're not snapping around the same way you were when you're in a, a five-game win streak. We gotta find ways to, to win those win those games, and uh, that's something that uh, every team has to go through over the course of the season. And uh, you know, we're, we're no different. You're not gonna go 56 and 0. And, um, there, there's, uh, you know, we dropped two two that uh, we, you know were important for sure, but we know uh, we still have one and uh, one left here uh, in two nights, and uh, we're looking forward to. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Hey, Darnell, what, what are they doing defensively that they're really kind of stifling you guys, especially when you're trying to create offense uh, with the, you know, with the four check? Well, I kind of just said before, um, they just they're, they're sitting back and kind of stay on top of top of our rushes, not giving us any outman rushes, and then um, they're, they're playing good in their D zone in, in front of the net and playing hard. So um, you know, they, they're bringing a, a high level of compete and one that we need to uh, know at work. Thanks, sir. Tony Brar, Weathers TV. Hey, Darnell. Uh, just for Christine, you talked about staying mentally focused and, and prepared for for Wednesday's game. You guys have been pretty good this year at stopping the bleeding. You guys have not lost three in a row yet. So you, as a leader in that locker room, what kind of responsibility and role will you take in ensuring that you guys are mentally prepared, as you as you mentioned? I mean, a big focus of ours is show up tomorrow and work and just, you know, know the team that we are, know the team that uh, we're capable of being. We're a good hockey team in here, and, and that's the that belief isn't going to change. We're not going to we're not going to let that go away because two games didn't go the way that we wanted them to. Um, we we have uh, a, a team that uh, we really believe in, and each and every guy in that room, and uh, we we come back tomorrow, heads up, and uh, get ready for Wednesday. 
All right, that's starting start on Nurse after the Oilers lose 3-0 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I want to remind you, for every Oilers goal this season, James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers donating $100 to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. We thank them for that. we got to take a quick timeout. Sasser's going to finish the play when we get back to Hart. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ford Overtime Open Line. All the goals in the first period, Hyman, Nylander, and Riley for Toronto. Riley on the power play. Leafs take it 3-0. Hutchinson, a 30-save shutout. Koskinen started the game, got pulled after the first period. Smith went the rest of the way and stopped all 13 pucks. He faced, we have Sasha for finish the play. Sasha, how are you? I'm doing great. How are yourself? Good. Did you want to talk about the game at all or just do the contest and go to bed? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at work. Oh, my goodness. Am I allowed to ask what you do? Yeah, I'm a steel worker, so I'm up till 7 in the morning. Okay. Night shift this week. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to us, and thanks for calling in. Here we go with the clue tonight. Here's Bear on the right wing. We'll get it into the Toronto end. Glove down by Muzzin. It goes to the blue line. Kept in by Bouchard and the save made by Hutchinson. Evan Bouchard just wired the high heater at Michael Hutchinson and it caught him up on the shoulder. All right, so Hutchinson, the shutout. I just gave some stats when we came back. How many saves did he make for the shutout tonight? Was it 31 or 20? 31. It absolutely was. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics, courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Let's go back downstairs. Here's the nooch. So, Ryan, it's a couple games here where the offense hasn't been able to find anything at all. Uh, how discouraging is that, and what, what do you think is most lacking from, from the offensive punch that you normally have? Uh, well, to be honest, I thought tonight we did a better job at this, but uh, <clears throat> the other night we just, uh, D-Man were putting a lot of pucks on that and we couldn't get those second, third opportunities and start playing from there. I thought tonight we actually did a better job. Uh, we, we couldn't find a way to crack them for that first one and, and get rolling and get that confidence back. Um, but, I mean, we got to stay confident. Um, uh, I mean, we were, we were rolling before this. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a blip in the radar. It happens. Uh, it definitely happens uh, in every season. Uh, but, yeah, we got to find a way to, to break through and uh, get that first one and then uh, go from there. But yeah, I mean, pretty unusual to, to go a couple of games without finding it. Uh, how do you sort of avoid whether it's, you know, squeezing the sticks too much next game or, or keeping the confidence up when this doesn't normally happen to you guys? <clears throat> 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, we, we should stay uh, confident in ourselves. Um, I mean, we believe in ourselves. I mean, uh, like I said, it's uh, like you said, it's it's unusual for us to go two games without a goal. Um, it's not for a lack of trying. I mean, we're putting lots of pucks on that. Uh, tonight, like I said, we did a better job of getting those oppor- second opportunities. And um, I still think that we can probably do a little bit better of a job. Um, we got to fight for those pucks in the corners and uh, they collapse a lot. So we got to put, uh, uh, get them back to our D and um, put pucks on that. And uh, I mean, eventually it's going to, uh, it's going to break through for us and we got to be confident in that. Rob Tchaikovsky, Post Media. Right. Uh, obviously, it's a little deflating when you get off to a halfway decent start and uh, their first two shots go in. Uh, did that take the wind out of the sails? Was it difficult to recover? Uh, I thought uh, I thought we responded all right from that. Um, and then they get the third one on the power play. It's uh, it's uh, I think in the moment it's frustrating, uh, but they're I mean they took uh, they took advantage of opportunities that they had, uh, and we couldn't do the same. And uh, that was kind of the story. Uh, we couldn't find it. Like I said, I mean we just couldn't find a way to break through for that first one tonight. And uh, um, I think uh, if we can keep it, uh, obviously, uh, it's tough to go down uh, three nothing in the in the first period. And um, I mean, they're they're talented. And they have some a lot of talent up front, and uh, they can make plays happen. And uh, we got to make sure that uh, we're solid and uh, don't let the don't let anything easy happen on us. Thank you. Any other hands? Media. Eric Van Dies, Post Media. Hey Ryan, how tough is this a team to, to play catch up on? It looks like once they get uh, uh, ahead a couple goals, they really kind of stifle you guys defensively. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think once they got up three, um, we were getting our looks, and then they kind of, whenever they get a chance, uh, I mean, they kind of just throw it into the neutral zone and have their guys skate onto it. And um, for us, like I said, we just got, we got to get those pucks back. I mean, uh, if our D are going to put pucks on net, um, we got to find a way to get those pucks, uh, get those loose pucks and uh, maintain a little bit of uh, more ozone time and uh, and just slowly break them down from there. Tony Brown, Miller's TV. Hey, Ryan, just one question for me, and I'll ask you the same question I asked Darnell. You guys haven't lost three straight all season long. Um, you as a leader, as a leader in that locker room, what do you have to do beginning tomorrow? I know it's kind of fresh, but what do you have to do beginning tomorrow to ensure that you guys are set to go Wednesday night? Uh, I think confidence is huge. Um, it's a bit of a blip. Um, these past couple games haven't gone the way that we wanted them to, uh, but tomorrow we can uh, uh, refresh ourselves, get a good skate in, um, and just uh, and just feel good about our game again. Um, and then come Wednesday, uh, I know tonight we had the right right, right mindset going in. Uh, we wanted to to buzz it around, and, and we did. And unfortunately, uh, uh, like I said, they took advantage of their opportunities. And um, but it's going to be uh, nothing. Nothing can change uh, for us on Wednesday as far as the mentality. Uh, we got to stay confident in our group. All right, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The Oil- shut out for the second straight game Toronto takes it three nothing tonight at Rogers place they'll do it again on Wednesday face-off show at 4:30. the puck will drop at six Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to two every weekday I'll have inside sports at six o'clock tomorrow night get more at globalnews.ca or 630ched.com thanks to Troy Bowler our game day engineer here at Rogers place and thanks to Kellen Kennedy our studio producer back at 630ched on behalf of Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.